Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this Wednesday, a day after Ole Miss uh, won a midweek game, which is, you know, nothing to write home about. Ole Miss is supposed to win midweek games against lesser opponents, but last night was kind of uh, significant, so we'll get to that, as well as a a couple of uh, spring practice thoughts. So we talked about quarterbacks a couple days ago, but uh, there's, there's an indicator, I think. Or maybe there's not. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but there's something that I noticed in Lane's press conference, which I will play for you at the end of this as well. That stood out to me a little bit. Also, I I keep hearing things about one person in particular, and we'll talk about that as well. So uh, please follow me on Twitter, by the way, before we get into it, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, or like my Facebook page, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, all under the same name, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And if you're listening in browser on the website, don't do that. Pull out your phone. We appreciate you checking out the website, but pull out your phone and your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, and subscribe. And if you like what you hear, leave a rating and a review. So baseball last night, Ole Miss beats Memphis 7-2. to two. And, you know, Ole Miss had eight hits, scored seven runs, had a big fourth. It, it, it was a good night for the most part offensively. You know, Peyton Chatagnier is still uh, down bad uh, right now. He, he is He's just in a bad way hitting. Uh, he's experienced enough to where, you know, you keep giving him the opportunities because I think he can find his way out of this uh, just like he did a year ago. But, um, That stood out. He had another, what, 0 for 4 night last night. Um, But you let a guy like him work through it because you think that he can. I I think that he can. But he's just kind of down bad right now. Uh, Otherwise, a 7-2 to midweek win is not really anything to write home about, right? It's Memphis uh, at their renovated ballpark, which looks like they did a good job on, uh, by the way. For for those of you that live in the area that go to those games, I, I know it's not the same thing as uh, where the Redbirds play downtown, but it, it looks like Memphis did a, a nice job on their little bar, on their little ballpark. So uh, good for them for for having that there on campus. But um, it's just a midweek win. But there are some things to take away. First of all, we talked about it on the radio show some yesterday going into the game. It was, you know, winning or losing this game doesn't exactly mean anything because you're supposed to win games like this. It's how they looked when they won. And last night, for whatever it's worth, it's just one game. We'll find out this weekend, which, by the way, might be weather impaired. You hope it's not, but it might be. Um, But they played clean baseball last night. And that's important because if you look at the last two series, if they just play clean baseball, the current record is obviously very different, but the outlook of this team is really different. They scored... Seven and eight runs in the doubleheader against Florida, lost the game. Didn't pitch it well enough there. Uh, but then in game one of the AM series, they, what, two throwing errors in, in one inning allowed AM to load the bases and then hit a grand slam when the inning, they should have been completely out of the inning. Ole Miss should have won the game there. Uh, the, the offense has disappeared at times. They played bad defense uh, at times. They haven't pitched it well at times and different problems at different spots, but playing clean baseball, if they just played clean baseball, uh, things would feel a little bit different for this team. 
And last night, they did. I think it was three walks total. That's right. It's it's three walks total, no hit batters, and no errors for Ole Miss. And, and I was chasing around a three-year-old last night, so I, I didn't get to watch every single pitch. I tried, but, you know, just sometimes uh, he, he pulls me away from what I'm trying to do, as you can imagine if, if you're a parent yourself. But I don't even remember a, a spot in the game where I thought, uh, that didn't go well. You know, it, in terms of just regular baseball things, making a clean throw from third to first, fielding bunts correctly, things like that. Uh, didn't I don't remember that happening uh, last night. And the A&M series is a series win if they just do that. Um, and for the first few weeks of the season, they were one of, if not the best defensive team in America. They were the best defensive team in the SEC. So you know they're capable of doing that. But they haven't done that lately, and that's cost them a different outlook, at least as of right now on the season. So that was the thing that we talked about going into that game was winning the game isn't significant. It's how they look when they do it. And they played clean baseball last night, and they got a good outing from Sonye. He was good last night. Five complete, did have a couple of walks, but you know that's, that's good, uh, better for him anyway. Only scattered three hits. I know this isn't exactly the best Memphis team in the world, but still, uh, the fact that you know he lost his job and pitches on the midweek and looks like that, I, I, that that stood out as well in much more command uh, than he has been in the past, even against teams that are on par or worse uh, than Memphis. A lot more command last night. Maybe he's somebody that you can go to on the weekend as well to give you some innings because they have kind of limited options there as well. Uh, but Takoyan was good in his pair of innings. That was encouraging to see as well. Um, Brayden Jones is somebody that continues to to impress in his, uh, I guess, limited appearances, at least in, in big games anyway. It, it sounds like you're going to start seeing him in Baker spots. Mike Bianco told us on the radio show that he's been impressed by him. Um, you know, he has pitched a lot of midweeks. He pitched against Arkansas State, Jacksonville State, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, uh, and then against Memphis last night. But what he did in College Station, uh, I thought, uh, was really impressive. He was good in his one inning against Florida. I think it's time to get him some looks on the weekend uh, as well. So uh, two encouraging perfi- uh, pitching performances last night in clean baseball played is uh, a nice get-right moment for this team going into what is a dire uh, series with Arkansas at home this weekend. They've got to win it. I mean, you've got to start winning baseball games if you want to make the postseason, and they've got opportunities here uh, with Arkansas at home, a team they certainly can take two from. You have to go to Starkville, but that's a struggling Mississippi State team right now. Their fans are clamoring for their coach to get fired in the middle of the season and then, as we've talked about, you get the schedule break at the end with Georgia and Missouri. And I mean, it's in Tuscaloosa, but Alabama and Auburn, uh, as opposed to having, you know, Tennessee and Florida and Vanderbilt at the end of the season, you, you get through LSU and it gets much easier. So I think four of the next six is something that they have to do, but that's got to start right away. And it should feel pretty good uh, with the way they played last night going into to this weekend. The only downside is the weather. The weather stinks. Forecast does not look particularly good for big crowds. I mean, I know there's still going to be some good crowds because you guys support baseball uh, extremely well, uh, regardless of what the weather is. But the weather might be a hindrance 
in terms of the massive, massive crowds this weekend. I hope it's not, but it looks like it uh, It might be. Let's see. I've got my weather app up. 80% chance of rain and a high of 64 on Thursday. 70% chance and a high of 62 on Friday. And it does get better for Saturday and Sunday. Uh, makes you wonder if they will. I know they don't want to play on Easter Sunday, but look, the Masters is Easter Sunday. You can play sports on Easter Sunday. I know it would be better. It would be ideal if they didn't. But if the weather is going to prevent them from playing Thursday, then go ahead and use the weekend of nicer weather to to get the actual games in. You hope that if they can't, people get smart and they do it that way. Um, Hopefully so. Weather in my area also looks like crap this weekend, and I'm supposed to be taking the little guy to the Mississippi Braves game on Friday, his first baseball game ever, and that might get rained out. So bad weather all around. Either way, I'm I'm rambling here. Um, important weekend for Ole Miss. You've got to win a series like this at home if you're going to get back on track and make the postseason. And last night in Memphis was an encouraging sign. They played cleaner baseball, which is what they need to do if they're going to win the series this weekend. couple football thoughts and then Lane Kiffin. But first, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. ABSMS.com. If you or your business are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi and you're in the market for office technology, anything from copies and printers and mail machines to cloud storage and, and data security, IT projects, phone systems, whatever it is. If it's tech, if it's in the office and you need it and you're in Mississippi, absms.com is the website. Tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me at absms.com. Podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. Uh, wherever you get, uh, wherever you have an internet connection, you can access their online banking platform, and it is a one-stop shop. You don't need four apps, uh, just one. You can, of course, check your balances and transfer funds from one account to the other, but you can make payments, set alerts, and more with Priority One Bank's online banking. Again, wherever you get your internet access. They also have local decision-making for your loans and local loan servicing, so you don't have to get on Zoom with somebody in Kentucky. You can talk to somebody face-to-face at one of their 16 locations across the state of Mississippi at Priority One Bank. Okay, so Lane Kiffin had his uh, had a post-practice press conference yesterday, and I'll play that for you here shortly. Um, I did notice something. So we talked on Monday about how one quarterback – outperformed the other in this competition and it's not fair because it was April 1st and it was eight practices into a new system for Sanders and he's battling an injury but um you know everybody with eyes saw the the same thing and, and it's that dart right now is is just better at the moment and that can change of course but right now uh, he is it, it's to the point where and this is what I'm talking about, and I'll play it for you here in a little bit. You'll hear what I'm I'm hearing. David Johnson asked Lane Kiffin about how the two quarterbacks behind Jackson Dart look in his mind. And not only did Lane Kiffin answer just answer the question, also again referencing Sanders being limited, uh, but didn't correct him or anything. And that was an opportunity where he could have said, well, all three of them are still in a competition, not one guy's ahead of the other. He didn't even correct David. And maybe maybe I'm reading too far into that, uh, but I don't think I am. I, I, 
when David Johnson asked him about the two quarterbacks behind Jackson Dart, that was a perfect opportunity for Lane to interject and say, no, that there's nobody behind anybody. It's still a competition. No, that, that is not, um, that, that is not what he did. Instead, he answers the question and the, the reps with the ones weren't distributed evenly in the scrimmage. Uh, We'll see if that continues that way. There's a spring game coming up, but yeah, it's, um, it's a fascinating deal uh, right now. Maybe things change. Things tend to change. The, the portal opens up in 10 days. And I, I can't help but wonder if when spring practice ends, there there might be some might be some movement there. Well, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a long way to go before the season starts. But based on everybody I talk to and, and, and all the people that cover the team, they do not expect to have all three quarterbacks on roster in September. So... We'll see if that holds true. Who knows? Things change. It is still April 5th, but that is worth noting. Also, uh, for what it's worth, I continue to hear great things about Prescorn, and the, the tight end transfer from Memphis. Speaking of Memphis, uh, people are raving about not only his athletic ability and his versatility, but um, personality, leadership, stuff like that. Uh, people love that guy. And that might end up being a, a portal addition in the SEC that kind of flew under the radar. Because, you know, the, the Memphis tight end is not a sexy portal addition the, the, the way that a quarterback is, for example. It, you know, it's not the same thing. However, I think when you look up and, and you're six weeks into the season, knowing what Lane Kiffin does in his offense with quality tight ends, uh, because you've seen it, you've seen him get not – quality tight ends to produce like he did in year one at Ole Miss. Uh, but you know when when he's got a tight end that has the ability that they use them, they're effective, their red zone offense is better, I think you're going to look up a few weeks into the season and realize that that was a massive, massive uh, pickup. People continue to just rave uh, about that guy and um, how quickly he's acclimated and how impressive that uh, that he has been so far in uh, in practice so uh i'll let you hear from lane kiffin right now here's his post-practice press conference post-practice press conference that is tough to say but here that is now saved it for the end for you i uh, appreciate you tuning in as always and i'll talk to you guys again on friday see you then yeah after a couple uh weeks i thought there's been some really good things i think the offense is ahead of the defense which would probably be what you would expect uh, with New, sc- new scheme on defense and a lot of new parts. So I'm very pleased with the quarterback production, leading with Jackson. Uh, he's had a really good couple weeks and really good Saturday. So uh, that's great to see. And so still got a lot of work to do. Still have some holes in the next window uh, to work on, especially defensively. Coach, I guess I'll start off with the obligatory quarterback question but you know what what are you seeing from the guys behind Jackson maybe pushing at him right now Uh, I think they're doing a really good job I think both learning new systems that are very different from the system that they were in Um, I think and then Spencer's been limited from a physical standpoint so uh, I think anytime you have new guys like that they'll be a little behind and then usually see a jump late in spring early early fall camp for them First scrimmage Saturday, what were you kind of wanting to see in that first one, and what did you see out of looking back on the film? 
Uh, I thought we, I mean, it's always good and bad uh, when one side plays well. There were too many explosive plays defensively, so it means we were making them on offense. Um, too many sacks with pass protection. Uh, so, again, issues on offense, but good stuff on defense. So, just a lot of work to do. They're going to be chatting with uh, Caden Prescorn here in a little bit. Um, what did you like about him in the portal, and how do you think he complements what you already know you have in Michael Trigg? I think he's a really kind of do-it-all, consistent tight end. You know, when you watched him last year, um, very big frame. Um, it seems like over time here, we've kind of had more specialty tight ends. Um, he's a, a bigger frame probably, I guess, than anybody we've had. So, uh, you know, that makes a difference in blocking at point of attack. And so uh, we were excited to get him to uh, – to add him to our group, a very proven tight end that's, you know, NFL measurables and not necessarily like a receiver or a shorter blocker. Lane, when we talked to you kind of before transfer season got going, you kind of said that you expected there to be maybe be a little bit more adding depth pieces, maybe not like starters, right? It, now that you've got all your guys, you've seen them for a few weeks, did, did that kind of play out the way you thought it would? Yeah, I think you're seeing that at linebacker. You're seeing that at offensive line, um, especially. So, yeah, and we're, we're nowhere near playing a game, so we really don't have ones as much, and we rotate a lot of competition in there and stuff. But um, I think when it's all said and done, including guys that will be added in this next window, you know, you're, they're not all going to start. There will be a number of them that are significant backups. Along those lines, have you seen anything – these first two weeks that have made you sort of revise uh, what, your, what your plans might be for the next transfer window in, in May? Um, probably defensively, just, you know, with the new scheme. You know, maybe some pieces that worked in different areas before that don't necessarily work the same now in this scheme that you may need to go get. I guess you saw us here in a second ago just kind of talking to JJ, just defensive line as a whole with, you know, returners like him, Jared Ivey, and just a couple of others. I mean, just what's kind of your expectation for him and just the defensive line in general to kind of take that next step? Yeah, I think for for JJ to be really consistent, he flashed and made a lot of plays and, um, and discussed this with him towards the end of the year, being a more consistent player all the time um, and every down defensive lineman that, you know, um, NFL teams are watching and excited about. So he has that ability. I think that group, when healthy, um, has a really good ch- chance to maybe be um, for sure one of the better groups, if not the best, uh, on our team. Uh, Cedric, obviously, before he got hurt, was was pretty dominant. So I think that made a big difference in our defensive play late in the year. Lane, with a portal period about to open again, uh, have you got in your mind particular pieces that you'd like to go out and get? Yeah, I wonder, I wonder one day if we're going to stop saying that with the portal period getting yeah. ready to open. I mean, um, or at least just one of them. So, I mean, everybody thinks that's good because they're like, okay, well, you're going to go get pieces. Well, you know, um, like we've seen you lose some pieces as well. Uh, I think that the first a year ago, really, um, being the first big portal, you know, we got a lot in and not much out. Go out, went out. Um, 
early on in it, and now you're seeing a little bit of both. So it's good because you can go add, but also you got to worry about what you lose too. Lane, if, if the SEC does go to the nine-game schedule with, like, the three permanent opponents, like has been talked about, have you given any thought to which three or, I guess, the, the balance of the three that you would like to see um, be Ole Miss's permanent opponents? Not a whole lot. That would fall into what I don't control. Um, they're not going to listen to me um, on that, so I'm sure a lot of coaches sit up here and talk about it and waste a lot of time, but... Um, they're not going to ask us. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.